I used to be heavy into them, like the five hour energy drinks and the monsters and the bread bulls. And I just saw that it was just burning a hole in my stomach. So I stopped using them. I got my two empties right here from earlier this morning. I am I am ready those, for a nap, baby. Are those beer cans? What are those? Oh, those are Rockstar, sugar free, baby. Hello, my friends. Thank you for joining us for the PebCAC podcast a weekly information security show featuring some all-around good people. It is week four of 2023. I'm ADD and successfully chopped most of the trees that fell down in my yard, meaning I'm more of a man than Brian thought I was. With me, I am my co-host, Havoc the Mouthpiece, who owes me 20 bucks. Uh, I owe you a lot of stuff, but maybe a good story is about the only thing. Fun fact, Glenn, you'll get a kick out of this. Yesterday, when he was chopping down the trees, he jumped on a Zoom, and he gets on there, he got me, and I got Rob, another big dude, and his little, you know, bright-eyed, bushy face comes into the Zoom, and he's all tiny-looking, and he's got, like, a smudge on his face, and his hair's all disheveled, and I was like, hey, for the low cost of only 25 cents a day, you could adopt Chris Louie and provide for him, so... (laughs) Chris, I, I wish I would have taken were, a screenshot of it. I, I would have thought you'd be, we paid you more than that. People paid you more than enough to uh, to go hire someone to go remove that tree for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I I explained to the other caller I said, "Well, I've been chopping wood all day," and they're like, "Of all the things in the world, I never would have guessed you would have said you just came from chopping wood all day." Exactly. <laughs> well, on on that note, we'll just do a GoFundMe. We'll put it in the podcast notes. Exactly. Help, help Chris hire some people. Hey, uh, is it is it Happy Lunar New Year for you, Chris? Like, does, do you, nope. does Cinderella that, come down from that the heavens? Saturday? Yeah, that's that that's actually a good call. Yeah, it's we're recording this before Lunar New Year, but when this podcast come out comes out, it would have already passed. So yes, Happy Lunar New Year to everybody. Thank you, Brian. It, did you like recharge your crystals? What does that actually mean? That means it's... it is the new year according to the lunar cycle because most oh. Southeast Asian countries follow the lunar calendar. It's the year I think it's four thousand ninety six on the according to the lunar calendar. It's it's I think it's thirteen twenty eight day cycles, and that's why it's a little bit off from the traditional New Year's Day. You have me at forty ninety six. Is that is that two to the twelfth? Forty ninety six, something like that. Should be pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah nice it's a bit year get it it is <laughs> yes it might not be 4096 i know it's pretty close to that i have to look at the exact year but it's pretty close to that uh, awesome and we've also got frustrated fred back from vacation so where were you last week other than fixing emergency leaks at your house Oh, yeah. So missed last week. Sorry about that, gents. Uh, just right before we were getting on the pod, I was got a call from the uh, insurance company because earlier that morning I had waken up and there was water all over the inside of my master bedroom on the car and like I said, underneath the carpet. So nothing better than to wake up to squishing noises underneath your feet when you uh, after a good rainstorm. So, yeah, I don't know if you know this water shouldn't be there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's an amazing thing. So we spent all morning, uh, it's a holiday, right? That was Martin Luther King. Uh, yep. Clearing out yes, the room. Yeah, throwing things to the four corners of the house. 
um, probably not organized in any way and uh, had to get a company out. Thanks, ServPro. Uh, appreciate you guys uh, so coming out and getting the house dry and, and, and getting things set up. Actually, the carpet torn out and the walls torn out. All right before vacation, by the way. Yeah, so we ended up on vacation and had to have a good friend of mine, uh, like I said, kind of monitor the house over the weekend, over the week. Beautiful. Everything all fixed up now, or are you in the middle of repairs? Oh, we're in the middle of repairs, and I'm in the middle of an mm. argument with the insurance company because they're saying that I'm not covered for these damages, so that's always going to be fun. Oh, always fun dealing with insurance companies. Yeah. Well, fun fact, Brian, the Lunar Year animal, this year is the year of the rabbit. Oh, something we could eat later. <laughs> Bad luck, Brian. <laughs> Chris, I got to ask, did you take the shirt off and chop the trees down with an axe, or did you break out the chainsaw? I used a sawzall, since I don't own a chainsaw and an axe would have taken forever. I used the sawzall, and I think that was a happy compromise between the two, but shirt definitely stayed on. It is freezing out here right now. Oh, Lost man points. Anyway. I would have yeah, taken it off. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take it off right now. No guess this week. Our fourth host, Todd, is unavailable, so we're going to sojourn on without him. Boo, Todd. Um, Combined, we have decades of information security experience here, not just to educate, but to entertain. We've got four awesome stories for you this week. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Just a reminder, for our 100th episode, email your Ask Me Anything questions to podcast at chrislouis.net. And we are rapidly approaching episode 100, so we look forward to answering your questions there. How exciting. This week, we're going to close the loop on why ChatGPT will overtake Google, open with energy drink talk. For our first topic, a woman steals time. Next are Bitcoin hackers for a good cause. For our third story, China makes some big moves in tech and close with our stories of saving the day. Closing the loop this week, OBS is warning that hackers are using malicious Google ads to trick users into downloading Trojan versions of the popular streaming software. Someone on InfoSec Twitter posted a screenshot that when you type OBS download into Google, literally the first five top results are links to malicious downloads. This is again another reason that ChatGPT will overtake Google for search. You know, I actually went out and searched for that. I actually clicked the link in my cloud soundbox, but locked that, baby. That's proof that those malicious ads are getting through Google's sensors or Google's security checks. But I think it's someone's just either populating the search for OBS with false, right? It's kind of like the SEO type thing. It's the AdWords because yeah. Google always puts the ads at the top and then the search results go underneath it. So I don't, I don't think you could ever poison SEO enough to get your result over the official OBS, but mm -hmm. you can pay to take over those top ad spots. So is someone paying for those ad spots for, for that's got malware in them? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. what you heard. Yeah. And it's yeah. usually with stolen credit cards or stolen Google wow. accounts, fished accounts. Shame well, think about it. Who uses OBS other than us professionals? It's the YouTubers and influencers, yep. right? Streamers, yeah. Twitch yeah. streamers. Go after them and, and get their money. 
honey. Yep. That's or true. hijack their accounts, hold them for ransom. How cool is that? You heard it here. Everyone install a cloud sandbox and you'll be protected. Or yep. use ChatGPT. Don't use Google. Or always use your internet condom. Confirming what we already reported, national media has picked up on our story that there is a national egg shortage with many grocery shelves empty, and even if you can find them, you're paying exorbitant prices for said eggs. Like we always tell you, you heard it here first. What's the, the lowest for a 12-pack of eggs that you, that you can actually go buy? $1.99? Any more. Yeah, it's like five fifty in my area, five fifty six dollars Well, if you go down the street towards the chicken farm the guy that's got the chicken coop you just put your two bucks inside there and you grab a dozen eggs oh, yeah you yeah the, you live everyone moved to nowhere i saw the smallest or the the cheapest was 6.99 and then i saw i think a 60 count of eggs for 32.99 it's incredible right now and you, I yeah, mean, that's crazy. You lift, right? So you go through a lot of eggs and chicken, right? I right. do. Yeah, absolutely. So how many eggs do you go through a week? Uh, I do between four to five a day. Jeez. I do the math. That's like a million. <laughs> Your cholesterol must be through the roof. You know what? I'll show you my blood work. No, it's I have really low cholesterol. That's good. It's either good genes or lots of cardio. Yeah. No, it's the keto type of diet or carnivore diet. It it's got to be. Yeah. You're it not taking in any carbs or sugar, so it just it all balances out. That's true. That's true. All right, for our opening topic, I know Brian used to drink his weight in Monster or Rockstar Energy drinks before he got healthy. A few months ago, Monster Energy won a $293 million false advertising settlement against rival Bang Energy Drink. Monsters claim that Bang's, quote, super creatine did not contain any actual creatine and that Bang misled customers about its benefits. I thought that was interesting. So what do you guys, where do you guys go when you need an energy boost? So, so quoting the article, Bang denied that it falsely advertises drinks, said super creatine, in double quotes, is not an important to customers' decision to buy the drinks and argue that Monster had suffered zero damages. I disagree. That's all I'm looking for when I'm like selecting my favorite energy drinks. And then also another fun fact that both Monster and Bang energy drinks are like and I strongly prefer one over the other, but Todd says they taste the same. <laughs> Boom. Got you, Todd. We can't put that in. <laughs> we can't put that in. No way. <laughs> you can beep it out. You can beep it out. <laughs> It'll be like beep. Only one word. Only one word has to be beeped out. Two. <laughs> I don't. What I don't understand is like, how did Monster sue Bang and they got paid two ninety three for falsely advertising to me? Like, I don't think that. Yeah. They really lost that much shelf space. You think it yeah. would have been a, a class action lawsuit against Bang? That's what I would think. Where's the help for the consumer? The consumers were the ones that were misled. Where's where's the relief for the consumers? Empty super creatine bottles everywhere in my house. So, yeah, typical 
corporate litigation. Lawyers made off like bandits. One company won, and the consumer still loses. I I don't uh, I, I like to use pre workout stuff, but I, I I try and stay away from the um, the the energy drinks. That's I don't think they're good for you. I I used to be heavy into them, like the five hour energy drinks and the monsters and the bread bulls, and I just saw that it was just burning a hole in my stomach, so I stopped using them. I got my two empties right here from earlier this morning. I am, I am ready for a nap, baby. Are those beer cans? What are? Those? No, those are Rockstar, sugar free, baby. Yeah, I usually go for the sugar free Red Bull in the eight ounce cans, not the tall boys like Ryan drinks. Yeah, but you prefer uh, with vodka inside of it. So, yeah, not during mom. the day though. Not during the day. And then I got my espresso machine that I use a lot. For that caffeine boost. Rockstar is my favorite. Then probably Red Bull. Monster doesn't even show up in my top list of 100 things to drink for energy. And it's not even energy. I don't get energy from energy drinks. I just love how it tastes. Yeah, same. It's I I looked at the nutrition label of a sugar-free Monster. It was like this white, opaque drink. And it was it had like a 1,000 milligrams of sodium in it. So even though it was sugar-free, it had like half of your daily allotment of sodium in this quote sugar-free energy drink so i don't know how Wasn't, to get away with things like that isn't that how they trick the the taste buds is like the overdose of sodium tricks it into thinking that it's sweet instead of whatever salt should taste like taste like probably yeah yeah but i thought that was outrageous that there's just so much sodium in this sugar-free drink like at, at one point you got to balance out do i want the high blood pressure or do i want the diabetes or I just reach <laughs> for that glass of water all right for our first topic if you think you're being tracked, it's because you are. A woman in Canada lost her wrongful termination lawsuit and even had to pay back her employer for time she billed for, but did not actually work. This woman was working as an accountant or bookkeeper, as a contractor for a company, and billed the company for the actual hours spent working. While the hours were racking up and the work was subpar, so the company decided to launch an investigation. They installed some spyware on her company-issued computer and started tracking how she was spending her time. When they gathered enough evidence and confronted her, she claimed she printed the documents and were working on them offline. Well, the spyware actually tracks when the documents were printed, and there was nothing ever printed, and even if she did, she was required to upload a copy of the offline work she did. Just a classic case of overbilling and employees messing around on company time, this time proven with spyware installed on the company computer so i actually did you guys hear the audio clip from that i did not Uh, let me find it for you guys real quick looks like you've been missing a lot of work lately i wouldn't say i've been missing it bob (laughs) (laughs) good one (laughs) oh that's terrific Uh, (laughs) there you go is that the office that was office, office space, space yeah. clip. Yeah, office space. I I think homegirl needs to lawyer up. Sounds to me, and I'm not I'm not like a tech person at all. Classic case of BYOD. She was working from her own computer. That's the reason why it looked like she wasn't being very productive. She's innocent until proven guilty. Tell me I'm wrong. I think she's been proven guilty already. <laughs> a little late. That's for why she got a lot? She got a lawyer up, man. I'm telling you. She's gonna listen to this. They check the logs and everything. It says she was like streaming Netflix and stuff on a company issued computer. 
God, how if you don't want her streaming that? Netflix, then why do you let her? Come on. That's like, yeah. that's entrapment. That is entrapment. <laughs> it's a big word that I don't know if I'm using right, but it's entrapment. Allowing me to access Netflix. It's, it's like, I had to. I had to stream in Netflix instead of working. Hey, I mean, what, what, when do you guys consider overreach when they're installing that kind of stuff on your machine? It's like, how far is too much? Like, I get corporate security, I get all these other things, but what do you guys consider overreach when it comes to, when it gets to that? Keystroke logger, so remote camera, turn on assistance, biometric. <laughs> oh, I'm just talking about TikTok. <laughs> it's like that Equifax story we did a while ago where Equifax, like, outed a bunch of employees working more than one job using their in-house software. It's, if they have probable cause, like this lady was constantly missing deadlines and they suspected she was overbilling i think if it's probable cause and it's a corporate owned device then you have the right to launch an investigation but if it's joe schmo doing his job getting his work done i don't think you need key loggers and time tracking software and mouse jiggler detection yeah. and all that stuff yeah it's probably more of the extreme than anything else right this is probably the one percent of the employees out there right Honestly, like how how rough are times that this company is like, damn it, we need to go recoup probably minimum wage employee over here. I have no idea. <laughs> but they're like, we need to get that $121 back. Could you imagine if this was an executive? <laughs> yeah. Like, really? Well, I, I think the story was, I think they just let her go. So they said, we caught you stealing. Goodbye. And I think that was that. Then the woman initiated a wrongful termination lawsuit against the employer. And then the employer's like, oh, well, if you want to play that game, and then that's how she ended up owing. So I think if she left it alone, she would have been fine. But since she had to poke the bear, then that's when they came after her. Yeah, could you imagine the records that came out of that? The If, if you had to pull up all the, the proxy logs associated to the things they were doing on the computer or key logging or whatever they had that could be pretty interesting pretty fun from a forensic i wonder standpoint. if she pulled the shaggy defense no, wasn't me yeah it wasn't me <laughs> man we've got these logs of you logging it wasn't me nope wasn't me but it's I mean, your id she... still wasn't me <laughs> my password was stolen you know uh, yeah they don't do two-factor authentication i guarantee you there was no two-factor authentication here she could have won this in battle <laughs> if you're listening we'll get you out of this one there's no we in this. I'm not defending someone who steals time. <laughs> uh, I think it's to be. I don't be. think she stole anything. <laughs> Innocent until proven guilty, right, Brian? Yes, sir. <laughs> For our second topic, you guys my you guys know my two favorite types of stories. Pepsi and Cheetos. Oh. Oh wait, no, hack the hacker and doing stupid things. Exactly. Stupid criminals. <sighs> And hacking the hacker. Florida man. Look at that. 50%. I'm batting well (laughs) today. This one falls in the ladder. A Ukrainian hacker residing in the U.S. hacked into a Russian dark market named Solaris and stole a bunch of Bitcoin. These dark markets sell stolen data, drugs, guns, murder for hire, hacking software, and the like. The Ukrainian hacker took credit for the hack and donated all of the stolen funds to charity benefiting the Ukrainian people affected by the ongoing war. The Darknet marketplace had ties to the Russian Killnet group, 
which kicked into high gear after their invasion of Ukraine to perform offensive hacking operations against Ukraine. So there's definitely no love lost for taking down these scumbags. The Ukrainian hacker, backed by his team at Hold Security, managed to gain access to administrator accounts, the back-end web infrastructure, and the master Bitcoin wallet used for all customer and seller deposits. They managed to get about $60,000 U.S. and donated it all to Enjoying Life, a charity to benefit victims in Ukraine. What a terrible charity name for a horrible thing that's going on. Like, <laughs> enjoying you know, Life. Victims of war? <laughs> enjoying Life. We got your back. So wait, wait. I, I, don't, I don't get it. Like, this is... This is the underground for a bunch of, you know, murder for hire, and guns, weapons, drugs, and all they could get out was $60,000. It's like, there's got to be more than that inside there, right? It's got to be a treasure trove of money. I think this is a hype hype story to get people back on the old Bitcoin wagon again. Yeah, Cryptocurrency yeah, fake, everyone. <laughs> Crypto is mooning right now. Mm, is it? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that sixty thousand was what it was worth today, I, and it could have been worth more, like five years ago. So I think we need to give our Ukrainian hacker a fun nickname. I think he should be known as the AAGUH, all around good Ukrainian hacker guy. <laughs> what do you guys think? There you go. Yeah, that's a good good nickname. I love that they said that he he took control of the internet infrastructure. I'm like, sounds like he just got into a router. I don't know. <laughs> and then, and then you look into it a little bit further. It's the website. And then you're like, what kind of like Word, rudimentary. He <laughs> just popped I think the probably, web shell pretty much. Yeah. It's probably like PHP nuke, something that hasn't been patched in like in, in, in a decade. So leave it up to dumb people. I, you know, joking aside, I said, it's a terrible charity name, but at least he did give it to charity. I probably would have kept it. <laughs> The, the article said that the wallet that's used to keep the seller and and the, the seller and, and buyer deposits it changes hands a lot and there's frequent deposits and withdrawals so I think they just waited until it peaked at sixty thousand because there's, there's a lot of transactions going on so there's always money going in always money coming out so they just try to pick a time where they thought they could get the most and remain undetected and siphon that off to charity good for him bad for them. Yeah, tough time to be a Russian dark market right now. Everyone's coming after you. It's a tough time to be in Russia at all. Especially if you're a dude. You were going to die. I was listening to another podcast, and they're talking about, like, historically, like, Russia isn't very sophisticated when it comes to, like, provoking war and doing, like, stuff. So when it comes to, like, invading Ukraine, they don't want to nuke it because they actually want to consume the land because they need to. And so their only thing that they can do is just throw bodies at it. So to date, they've lost 100,000 soldiers. And I think they'll probably throw the towel in at 500,000 if history's taught us a lesson, which is wild. The stat I heard, which was pretty crazy, and it backs up what you said, Brian, it says that in less than a year, Russia has lost more men and materiel than the U.S. has lost since the end of World War II. Something crazy like that. And I... It might have, it might even go back further, but even then, that's that's a lot. You had Vietnam, you had Korea, you had Desert Storm, two times. You had all these other overseas conflicts, but it pales in comparison to what Russia has already lost. There's a comedian that talks about, like he's like he, he's like walking around, like pretend 
don't know who he is. Like somebody of not a, a huge stature uh, that we all know. Whatever. This middle-aged white guy, right? You know, built like a bag of mashed potatoes. He says and he's walking around like the mean streets in New York. Someone comes up to him. Like he's in the questionable side. Uh, he'll always respond with, you do not know who you're talking with. Like he'll, he'll, he'll like throw out the old Russian accent. Because rest assured, like if you're walking around and trying to pick a fight with a Russian, you probably think twice about that. No, uh, the, yes. the the Russian sound Austrian because that sounded a lot like your Arnold accent. <laughs> hey, you know, maybe, maybe not. I have no idea. I didn't think this one through. Is that the John Wick background there with the Baba Ganoush? Baba Yaga, you Baba mean? Yaga. Baba Ganoush. Baba Ganoush. Baba Ganoush. Baba Ganoush. <laughs> That's food. <laughs> Baba, Baba Yaga. Yaga. Yeah. There we go. Let's change it up. Yeah. Now I'm in New York. <laughs> the other crazy stat was that there's a video a youtube video and they do all these statistics from world war ii and they they show a scale that said u.s lost fifty thousand people uh uk lost seventy thousand people uh, germany lost a hundred thousand people and then when they get to russia because it's it's building a bar graph mm -hmm. it's like you have to zoom way out to be able to see how many people russia lost during world war ii i'll link it through it's it's really interesting but but to your point brian they just literally threw bodies at the problem hoping that that would that would solve it do you guys know why they're actually doing the, this whole invasion? Yeah, they're trying to bring back uh, Lithuania, not Lithuania, um, Ukraine back mm. into the mother, mother Russia fold. And so they're saying that there's people that are there that are ethnic Russians that are being mistreated. So that's my understanding. But we know it's all about territory and land, right? Because technically without... It, it all started with Crimea. Without without the Ukraine access, they they obviously don't have access to a lot of water or open water. Yeah, so the port in the Black Sea. Yeah. yeah so it's... the rumor is Russia is not going to make it past the year twenty fifty to twenty seventy. Like they're going to lose anyways. So this is just his kind of last ditch effort of like, hey, if we're going to go out, like let's go out on our terms as opposed blaze to just, of glory. Yeah, blaze of glory. <laughs> kind of wild. Yeah. Very wild. All right, for our third topic, in a you're supposed to say on a blaze of glory, we'll change the subject. <laughs> Since we said a blaze of glory for our third topic in a troubling new trend, the Chinese government, the CCP, has taken a minority stake in two Chinese companies with what they are calling golden shares. The Chinese government buys these golden shares, which represent about one percent of the shares outstanding but gives them a board seat and veto power privileges. These are similar to the founder shares or super shares that CEOs like Mark Zuckerberg have, which means he has less than 50% of the company, but he owns more than 50% of the votes. A lot of founders do that so they can retain control of their company without owning a majority of the company. The two latest companies forced to sell these golden shares to the Chinese government are Alibaba and Tencent, both well-known Chinese companies, struggling to establish a presence here in the U.S. The move is viewed as a power play where Beijing is attempting to control the media and narrative in China now that Xi Jinping has secured yet another five-year term as president. What do you mean attempting? <laughs> They're highly successful at controlling. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> it's true. I think there's a story that Jack Ma has not been in China for the last couple of years. He's escaped out. He's hiding somewhere in another country. 
right? Yeah, he just, like, for nine months, he just disappeared. Like, yeah. nobody knew where he was, if he was alive. He just, dis- he literally disappeared for nine months, and then he just popped up somewhere. Yeah. Arby's five for five sale. That's where he's at. He's like, we got the meats. <laughs> yeah, he's he came here, and he's he's running in Arby's. Yeah, he literally <laughs> you, walked across you, the uh, the Great Wall of China just to get out. So, did you know, like, the, to own an Arby's, like to do is just sleep in the trash can next to it, and then you become the owner. <laughs> there goes that sponsorship, Brian. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. <laughs> oh, I actually, I'm, I actually I'm, like Arby's. So. <laughs> Tencent has a film unit and a game studio. They took a minority stake in my wife's company, and there have been more investments from Tencent in U.S. films. I noticed an interesting trend in U.S. movies where the Asian actors were getting portrayed more as intelligent characters instead of the awkward hacker living in the basement or the kung fu master. Guys, answer this question. Who said the most terrifying words? I'm from the government and I'm here to help. That's Ronald Reagan. That is Ronald Reagan. I don't know, guys. I think, if anything, always trust the Chinese government. <laughs> my social credit score just went through the roof <laughs> yeah that's definitely a troubling tr- I think the the part so Tencent and Alibaba both own social media companies and I think it's a move where they don't want to look like they're outright censoring things they want to slowly influence things and i think this is one way that that they can do that was it if it's too obvious they're censoring then it'll be obvious to everybody but if they start slightly changing the narrative over time then i think they can they can start swaying people well tencent owns riot games right riot games can't uh has league of legends yes that's so. correct slowly changing and that that happened many many years ago so yeah, I think it was the last Mission Impossible movie. I think it was Fallout, where they actually had like a decent Asian character in it. And then at the end of the credits, it said this movie was partially funded by by Tencent. Is Tencent like uh, a friend of Fifty Cent, like, like a nephew? <laughs> no. Are we going off topic here Tencent. again? <laughs> That's his kid. <laughs> Fifty Cent's kid, Tencent. <laughs> This is Asian kid. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I had for prep materials for that story. That's all I had, guys. Sorry. (laughs) Just something to keep an eye out. And if something happens, you heard it here first. All right. And since Brian would try to get someone else to say something for our last topic, and it will be a rotating topic every week. This week, we're going to talk about a time you got somebody out of a jam. Just last night, a mutual friend of ours messages me out of the blue late at night and asks if I'm up and that he needs help. He oh, sounds you're in trouble, Chris. He said a mutual friend of ours. Oh, <laughs> go on. He sounds desperate and needs money. At first, I thought someone stole his phone or hijacked his account because he was messaging me through an app that we normally don't communicate over and... It had all the red flags for a scam. But his phone number was correct, and he explained that he got himself into a tough situation and needed money that instant or physical violence would be coming his way. I challenged him on a couple things that only he would know, and I actually called him, and yes, it was indeed him in a jam. 
So I sent him the money he got out of said tough situation and made good on his word to pay me back the next day. So do you guys have any stories of coming in clutch and saving someone's skin? I'm sure Glenn does, man. Homeboy was in the army. Not like that. Um, I friend of mine, actually a friend of my daughter, she was at the gas station. Car was stuck. Car wouldn't start. And I happened to have a, a battery jumper in my car and got her started and got her on her way. I could only imagine, you know, someone helping my daughter out being nice enough to, to help my daughter out if they were stuck on the side of the road. So I felt like it was Boring. Sorry. What a, what a great story, Glenn. Wow. <laughs> I'm, but you know, on, on the flip side, I'm the type of, I'm like a fair weather friend. Like, don't call me if you need me. Kind of like invite me to things. Just know that I'm not going to show up is the kind of mantra that I have, but no, I'm just kidding. So I do have a story to share with you guys. It was 1996, fresh out of high school. I get a job as a, as a limo limousine driver. I uh, go to this lady's house. I pick her up. It is love at first sight. Like, head over heels for her, right? <laughs> Anyways, make small talk. Go into the airport. Drop her off. And as she's walking, I can kind of see her. She leaves her suitcase in the ground. I'm like, crap. Like, I don't think she realized what she was doing. She's going through, like, the, you know, the pretend TSA back then. So I jump out of the limo. I run down. I get the uh, the little suitcase, and I try to catch up to her, but I miss her. Like, I just can't get to her in time. So I go back to my house, and I'm telling my friend, my roommate, as I do, we got to, like, get this back. She's, like, the love of my life, right? And he's like, well, you know, what's her name? I was like, I can only remember her first name. It was like, Mary. Let's check the... The luggage, yeah. And so, look at it, and I was like, ah, oh, Samsonite. So, it was Mary Samsonite. And so, we get on the internet, Alta Vista search. There's a Mary Samsonite that lives in Aspen. So, we decided to take a road trip. Are you guys picking up at all on what I'm saying here? This is a plot of Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> it is. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> what the heck are you talking about, right? <laughs> <laughs> trying to pull one like your friend of the office space thing yeah yeah all right that's all i had you're just full of but jokes today <laughs> that's what happens when i have time to prep that's what happens when he has 32 ounces of rockstar before it's three o'clock no kidding it's 425 in arizona excuse me how about you chris I've helped a number of people in car trouble, and it just happened to be I was passing by or something like there. I remember one time I was at my apartment back when I was apartment living, and some guy looked like really lost, and it looked like he was in a jam. He had his hood up, so I just walked over there and I said, "Hey, what's up, man? You know, need help or something?" He's like, "Yeah, my battery's dead, and I'm late to go pick up my kid." Or it was something like that, and I said, "Oh, well, I have a, I have a jumper, one of those battery-powered jumpers in my house. I'll come and grab it, and I'll jumpstart you." And I just did that, got him on his way. Uh, I've seen, like, I've been, there's like a jogging area. I There's a there's a specific route I jog in my neighborhood, and I know exactly how long it is. And uh, I found, like, two women with a flat tire on the side, and they looked really confused about how to change the tire. So I'm like, all right, well, I just asked them if you need help, and I was able to help them uh, change out the tire and get them on their way. So just like you said, Glenn, pay it forward if I was in a jam or someone I loved was in a jam, I would hope somebody would come by and help help get them out so back in 
July or August. My wife called me when I was in, I think, St. Louis. She's like, hey, I need your help. Uh, our friend broke down on the side of the freeway. You know, I need you to do something. I'm like, oh, all right. You want me to fly back? I'm like, geez, leave me alone. And she's like, well, no. Like, we're, you know, I, I, I caught up to her. We're on the freeway. She has, like, a flat tire. She doesn't have a spare. Yada, yada. Like, we don't have to change it. I was like, I was like well, I, I can send a tow truck. I was like, but there's no way in hell the people of Arizona drive by two women, especially a woman or a person that looks like my wife, right? I'm like, there's like damsel in distress. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I, I go, I guarantee by the time the tow truck come, you know, gets over there, they're gonna be like a line of vehicles waiting to stop to change your tire. Turns out I was wrong. Arizona people don't screw around when it's 120 degrees outside. <laughs> They're like, nah, let her melt. She'll be fine. See, yeah. that's what you get. No one helps your wife because you don't want to pay it for it. So it's karma on you. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, so we ended up sending a tow truck and it came over there and changed the tire for, for like 50 bucks. So. Yeah, there's a similar story. I'll decide whether or not I keep it in or I cut this out. But I, I can't remember if I told that. I know I've alluded to it on the podcast. I can't, you tell me if I've, I've told it before. But one time my wife, my, I didn't know her at the time, but she told me the story. So my wife was driving home from college with two of her friends and they're youngish college co-ed. So you can you know, put, put two and two together. And uh, same thing happens to them. They get a flat tire. They pull off the side of the road. It's a, it's a major freeway. And they start they know how to change a tire but they had a trunk full of stuff so they start unpacking the trunk they pull it to the side of the road and it was in the it was it was like late spring or early summer so they're wearing shorts and and other such clothes and then all of a sudden like a traffic jam starts to form and the cars are like slowing down and it almost to a stop and then a little while later a CHP, a California Highway Patrolman, comes up and says, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you change your tire because you guys are causing such a distraction. You're causing a traffic jam, and I need you guys <laughs> to get out of here as soon as possible." <laughs> so the CHP helped them change the tire and got them on their way. I can so, see how that could work. So what you're saying is, you have the hot wife, not Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I don't know. <laughs> well, none of my kids friends have called her the hot mom or i haven't been the hot dad yet but i'm, I'm waiting for that day to happen <laughs> it's coming it's coming all right well we continue to get great comments about our dad joke of the week this week glenn is up all right guys you know you know i've been going to a personal trainer right but uh i was just done so so I gave him my two-week notice. Get it? W-E-A-K? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two-week. <laughs> I could see it. I could see it. Just kidding, man. <laughs> oh, it's on now. <laughs> Brian throwing shade. Yeah, thanks. All right, to wrap things up, ChatGPT is on a course to overtake Google Search. Sugar-free Red Bull for life. Don't bill for time you didn't actually work. There's no love lost for the hacked Russian dark market. China is getting more influence in tech than they should have. And don't promise money you aren't able to pay back. That's all we have for this week. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. You can find us all on LinkedIn. Links will be in the description. Follow us on Instagram at Podcast. 
thing to all our listeners and subscribers who raised five stars in the iTunes store and Spotify and left us a review. We appreciate you all spreading the word to help grow the show. The best way to find us is a search for the PEPCAC podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. For my co-host Brian Deach and Glenn Medina, I'm Chris Louie. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next weekend. As always, have a nice day. Bye, Felicia. Bye, guys. <laughs> Hi, Felicia.